and welcome to Spectacular Slovakia. It's Peter Lhopolc here, and this is the podcast where I talk to so many different people about nice places around the country and Slovak culture. However, this series is devoted to Slovakia's capital, Bratislava. To make episodes of this series more gripping, I sit down with ambassadors, hoping to hear their perspectives on Bratislava. This series has been supported by Bratislava Tourist Board and the Ministry of Transport and Construction. This week, Swiss ambassador Alexander Hoffert will join me. I asked Mr. Hoffert to compare Switzerland and Slovakia, Bern and Bratislava for me. We also talked about food and his favorite places. But I begin our interview by asking the ambassador if Slovakia feels like home to him. Two years ago when I came here, From China, it really felt like coming home. We shared a lot, of course, uh, in terms of history, geography, culture, and so on. In addition, my wife is originally from Brno in Morava, which is not far from here. And uh, I was already posted in, in Prague and came to Bratislava quite frequently about uh, 25 years ago. Now, after two years, I would say there are all, lots of uh, things that are different um, between Slovakia and, and Switzerland. I mean, on the one hand, Slovakia has a, a long and proud history, but at the same time as a country, it's, it's a very young and um, in that sense uh, I think Bratislava and Bern are also very different you can feel Bratislava has become a capital only Uh, in 1993, and I think it was chosen as a capital because it was the largest city and the only city in Slovakia which offered all the infrastructure yeah. in terms of buildings and housing that are necessary um, to host ministries and embassies and so on. Whereas Bern really was selected in the mid-19th century because it's in the center of Switzerland. It's close to the French part of the country, but it, it is not the economic stronghold of the country. It really has become a, a, an administrative and political center. And uh, in that sense, I think also the feeling in the two uh, cities is quite different. Uh, of course, they also have a lot of things in common and both are relatively small capitals. I think among the smallest uh, in Europe, uh, Bern is even three yeah. times smaller in terms of uh, population than Bratislava. Both have a very good quality of life and offer everything you need in terms of uh, cultural attractions, um, um, healthy environment, um, sports facilities, and so on. Maybe one difference also is that in Slovakia and uh, in Bratislava in particular, you feel the population is rather homogeneous uh, still. I mean, mostly Slovaks, maybe even more than it was in Um, 1945 or in 1918 when it was sort of also multicultural, where the Switzerland and even Bern are rather multilingual and, and multicultural. I mean, you hear different languages. Switzerland, by definition, is a multilingual country. So that's another um, notable difference between our two countries. Do you think it's changing? Europe as a whole changes and yeah. there is no... Uh, way to resist that change. And Switzerland has changed. I mean, I remember when I was a small boy, Bern was also rather homogeneous, and Slovakia, in that sense, of course, is still much more closed, uh, has, has less uh, foreign immigration, uh, and you can see that in, in the streets, and it has its social and economic uh, consequences. But uh, I think it's also, when I compare the 
uh, atmosphere and looking around in the streets with the situation 25 years ago or when I was here shortly after the creation of the modern Slovak Republic, it has also become much more diverse and, and open than it, it used to be. Let's speak about Bratislava more closely. Could you could you tell me three places in the capital which you really like? Uh, like the riverbanks of the Danube very much, especially the stretch from Viestoslava von Amestie and Carlton Hotel all the way to, to Eurovia. Uh -huh. Unlike Vienna, which is turning its back to the Danube, actually, um, the old town of Bratislava has been built directly on the shores of the river. So uh, the city really communicates with the, the waterfront. That's a big uh, difference and a great asset. I like to take strolls along the Danube. Uh, uh, sometimes I make a detour through side streets like uh, Bezrucova Street with its monument uh, of Art Nouveau architecture, the famous St. Elizabeth Church or the, the old gymnasium there. Uh, and sometimes I go for a run on both sides of the river, uh, crossing one or two of the bridges and coming back. Okay, so that's the river. Mm -hmm. Second one is, of course, the Bratislavsky Hrad and surroundings, including the, the lookout point uh, in front of the castle, which offers a fantastic panoramic view all the way across the Hungarian and Austrian and neighboring territories. Uh, it feels like uh, at the epicenter of Central Europe to be there, uh, the Mitteleuropa of a bygone era, and the Museum of the Rad uh, also regularly has very interesting exhibitions. Okay, so the river, the castle, and the third one? third one, of course, uh, since we're sitting here uh, in the middle of the pedestrian historical uh, zone of Bratislava, I would take visitors, or I do take visitors uh, from abroad to the old town, um, uh, namely precisely uh, this pedestrian area, which is a highlight of every visit to Bratislava. When I first came here in the early 1990s as a young diplomat uh, at the Swiss Embassy in Prague, then the historical center, as I remember, it was rather gray and monotonous. Many buildings were in a derelict state. Now most of them, if not all, uh, have been renovated with uh, great care and expertise. And as I said before, in Venturska Street, uh, you can still enjoy that feeling of walking on the tracks of uh, famous people and great composers like uh, Mozart, Beethoven, uh, or Franz Liszt. So you mentioned that your embassy, it's right in the middle of the historical old town on Michalska Street. And I really love music. Um, and when I was in, in Dublin, I really enjoyed buskers and musicians in the street. Um, Do you think Bratislava, in this sense, is there, is there a lot of musicians in the street? Because you have the windows in your office right into the street. Mm -hmm. So do you hear music often? Uh, well, um, not now, but before and probably again uh, already next spring, uh, I think that life will ret return to the streets in uh, also in the form of street musicians. There have been, some were very good, some uh, maybe less, less so, yeah. but it, it has uh, certainly the, the, this inner city or this pedestrian zone certainly has the potential to, to um, attract the musicians and also their, their audience. So, of course, I hope that uh, it will mostly attract the 
good ones of all <laughs> kinds of music. <laughs> uh, of course, there also, I would say, public authorities have a certain duty to make sure that it remains at the reasonable level. In Bern, yeah. we have lots of street musicians, but there are some rules. They cannot stay longer than, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes. Uh, it's the same in Dublin, actually. So on. Time spent in Horsky Park, that's one of the places you like in terms of green spaces in Bratislava, also Kamzik. So in, previ in the previous podcast, many ambassadors mentioned these places, but we didn't actually dive into those places or we couldn't really mention what people can do that. So I thought that maybe we could do it together. So let's start with Horsky Park. What can you do there? Do you just go there for a walk or do you go there for coffee? I would say both, but actually I mentioned Kamzik and Horsky Park uh, because these are places or recreational areas where you can go with a dog. And we often take care of the dog of our two daughters who live in Switzerland and currently have not much time <laughs> to look after it. So it's staying with us here in Bratislava. And we discovered that in many of the very nice and beautiful public parks, dogs are not admitted. So um, Horsky Park, which is quite close, maybe 10 minutes walk yeah. from uh, our uh, residence is very convenient. Of course, it's also very nice um, sort of urban recreational area with beautiful views. And um, on the other hand, comes um, with a um, rotating restaurant on the tower uh, also offers uh, great views and is, has really an atmosphere of uh, forest almost in the, the countryside already. Wait, 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 so, so you've managed to go to the restaurant? Yeah, uh, there I was mentioning the rotating. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Know, with the but it's really hard to get there. Like you need to call that in advance because it's really like busy. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. And when you go to Horsky Park, did you manage to visit uh, the gallery, the opener gallery? Not yet, no. So that's something you should definitely check out. Um, and also there's a, that historical gamekeeper's house, uh, which now serves as a community center, and you can get some cakes there, coffee. Do you know that place? Yeah, I know it. We haven't been inside <clears throat> precisely because of the dog, because in yeah. many places in Bratislava you cannot enter when uh, you are accompanied by a dog. So that's uh, something yeah, which limits sometimes our options to visit cafes and restaurants. And it's a good place for also for, for families because there's like a playground for kids, mm -hmm. uh, also a mini zoo, I think. And so if we go to Kamzik, uh, is there anything interesting Well, I would say the interesting thing is really that you are maybe five or ten minutes drive from the city center, but the feeling is already pristine, like you really, uh, in nature, in Switzerland, we have similar experiences. I mean, Bern is also a small town yeah. and in the midst of a, a rather idyllic, um, partly agricultural, uh, partly very natural, um, untouched surroundings. And that's what I like. Uh, have you tried actually a chairlift? No, because no. um, the, so there's the TV tower where mm -hmm. the restaurant is, yep. and a bit further there's this chairlift. So if you have time, you could definitely try that. And you could actually go from Kamzik to Zelazna Studienka, which is another recreational space I in Bratislava. Where, where it is, yeah. Okay, and winter sports. That's also something because you come from Switzerland. So obviously, I think you must know how to ski. Are you still? A skier today, or I must say that when we returned from uh, China two years ago, I just had had a bad uh, accident and needed some 
rather complicated surgery uh, on my left foot. So the first year we were here, I was not able to ski at all. And last year was not a very good ski season, but we definitely intend um, to explore uh, ski resorts both here uh, in Slovakia and in Austria. And in addition, I'm really interested to go more into cross-country skiing. But actually, when I mentioned Kamsik, I know that it's a small hill, But in the past, it used to be a ski resort. Even Austrian skiers or ski jumpers, they came here to train on the ski jump. So something interesting. So obviously here you can't ski because of the weather conditions and global warming. Maybe you can try sledging if you enjoy a bit more fun. But there are some uh, ski resorts in Pezinok and Modra. Zochovachata, Bezinska mm-hmm. Baba, if you know them. These results are, I would say, for beginners. But you had the injuries, so maybe... Yeah, about 20 years ago, or 25, I remember um, a ski outing in Tatransk, Lomnica, that mm. was long ago, with not too many tourists or skiers, and that was a great weekend we had there, and we definitely want to see how things are now in Strupske Pleso, and maybe Yassi, and so... Uh, there'll be enough snow, don't worry. <laughs> Let's finish off this episode with Slovak cuisine. Do you have any favorite Slovak food, uh, food product, or maybe even from Bratislava, do you know any? Well, the Bratislava bagels are well known, and once in a while I enjoy one uh, with my coffee. Not far okay. from here, there's a good place uh, to buy them, near Frantisch Kanskenamestje. There's actually, I think, Franz Haver Messer Schmidt. Mm-hmm. That's the cafe or Zeppelin cafe as well. So there you can get them. Which one do you prefer? The one filled with poppy seeds or the one with walnuts? I would say with poppy seeds. I mean, I'm more used to them. But Yeah, me too. And then, of course, uh, the fa- they're not from Bratislava, but I um, regularly enjoy a portion of uh, famous Princeve Halushki. And I think you go to a grocery store here. Yes, we of course we do. Uh, have you ever seen in the store Bratislavski Zavin? It's like a strudel uh, filled with poppy seeds again, but it's much bigger than a bagel. So that's something, I don't know, if it's, well, it contains Bratislava in its name, so I hope it's produced in Bratislava. If not, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about Bratislavski Res? That's a cake. Mm-hmm. I know that you have a bagel with your coffee, but maybe Bratislavski res would be something, would be another option for you, um, which is basically just pastry, then jam, pastry, then there's a cream, and on the top there is chocolate. Do you like chocolate? Yeah, that's a Swiss, yeah, so I, uh, I must. <laughs> it's one of our True. iconic <laughs> export <laughs> products, but the Swiss themselves eat most of it. Uh, we have a very high per capita consumption of chocolate. See, so I think this would be a good option for you. And have you tasted, for instance, Bratislavski Tokan or Bratislavski Pliecko? These are the meals that also contain Bratislava in their names. I think so, yeah. Bratislavske Pliecko, mm-hmm. which is pork shoulder yep. with pasta, and then there's like cream, like cream sauce with vegetables. Um, I do not like that meal, to be honest, because it was served in our school canteen all the time. <laughs> so I think many people know it from, from school <laughs> canteens. Bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you've tried it, maybe you will. Um, so that's something I know about Bratislava meals and food products. How about wine? Do you drink wine? 
Yes, of course, and there are also lots of good wineries around here and um, in normal times opportunities to participate in wine tastings. So, uh, Actually, not far away from here, from your embassy, in the main square, there's this Museum of Viticulture. Have you been there? Yes, we were even invited once by the former mayor for a wine tasting there, mm. a wine tasting session with several colleagues. Maybe you are aware of this information, but in that museum, you can find a national collection of the best wines from Slovakia. Do you have any favorite one? or Dunai very much. Of course, there's a whole range of different cuvées, um, but usually uh, you cannot go wrong with uh, Dunai. And then white wines, yeah, there are... Uh, Excellent Rieslings also on this side of the borders with Morava and Austria. Yeah. Uh, but I also uh, have found good Chardonnays here. So I don't want to make uh, publicity <laughs> for any particular <laughs> wine producer. I think that's not my job. But uh, certainly when you look around and go to tastings and go to the cellars, you can, everybody find something to his taste. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Ambassador, for your time. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. This is the end. A huge thank you to Swiss Ambassador Alexander Hoffert and as always to you for lending your ear. You can check out previous episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud and other streaming channels as well as on spectator.sk. You'll find more travel tips in the Spectacular Slovakia travel guides as well. All you need to do is visit spectacularslovakia.sk. I'll be back in two weeks with another guest, Israeli Ambassador Boaz Modai. Until then, stay safe and take care. See you soon.